Welcome to Fine Rambles, number 108. So, <laughs> how's everyone feeling this morning? I hope, I hope everyone had a good time last night. I hope everyone really got out there and enjoyed their boogaloo. And now, I guess you're probably feeling a little hungover. For a while now, I've been concerned about something called siren servers, which is a term coined, I think, by Jaron Lanier. And the idea is pretty simple. Siren servers are things like Facebook and Google and Uber. They're these third-party servers or, or platforms, I guess, or intermediaries that, you know, they just sit between the producer of a good or service and the consumer and the platform itself kind of, you know, sucks all the profit out of the transaction. And even worse, I think, is they sort of contribute to this idea of the commodification of what people do. Take Uber. Basically, if you're a driver on Uber, you're interchangeable with every other driver. You're fungible. That makes you easily replaced. And that lowers the value of what you do. And at some level, I think it's kind of dehumanizing. It sort of turns people into machines or into standardized widgets. And, you know, I'm always the last to hear about innovation and how these things happen. But even I am starting to see some signs of, of progress. And so I think about things like I don't know, merchants moving away from AMS and towards Shopify, away from Medium and towards Substack. I think that might be a better example. And it reminds me of a sign that I saw in, I think, Oklahoma City that said, the next big thing is a lot of little things. And I sort of have this metaphor, this sort of awkward (laughs) extended metaphor that I'm using, where where the business or the entrepreneur or the creative person is creating a shop. And they're starting to use sort of the traditional siren servers, the traditional platforms as the shop doors. And so let's say you sell, I don't know, baked goods or clothing or whatever. Something like an Etsy or a Pinterest or a Twitter or an Instagram, those can all be different shop doors. Those are all ways that your clientele can find you, can find your shop. But the shop itself is starting to be put onto these other platforms that are a little bit more independent. And I think coronavirus is really accelerating this trend because You know, every retailer, every manufacturer, every knowledge worker, everyone really needs to start going (laughs) omni-channel. I guess that's the dorky term right now. Omni-channel. You want to have as many shop doors into your shop as possible. And this makes a lot of sense because if all of your business is coming through one door, which means one platform or one social media site, well, then you're insanely vulnerable you're insanely fragile because one company can cut you off and you're toast. You're done. 
So I think you have to have as many shop doors as possible. And more and more, those shop doors are introducing you to clients, but then, well, you can sort of start to control that relationship even without that shop door. So here's an example. Okay, so so I've been rowing a lot more lately because of lockdown, right? We're all inside. Now, I'm not very good at rowing. So I've been going online and trying to find people who know what they're doing, right? Who are better than I am. Or not even that, you know, just people with the same interest and who are sharing their experiences. And there are a ton of these people. It's amazing. Cameron Buchan and Aaron Oliver Pritchard. And well, there's just a lot of rowers right now sharing what they do through YouTube. And I've been learning a ton. And get this, these people have row-alongs. <laughs> just just videos of them rowing a certain piece. And I know that sounds really boring, but it's useful. And, you know, what is a row-along but Peloton, but for free? And not just free. It's, it's distributed Peloton. It's, it's grassroots Peloton. It's, it's individual people connecting directly. And yes, and yes, they're still using the Siren server that is YouTube. It's still going through this massive profit-sucking platform. But the personal connection is much better than on Peloton. The connection is richer and more diverse, and it's more differentiated. It's more, it's more unique. It's not as commoditized. And right now, I think whatever you do, you can put it out into the world and see what happens. You can see who likes it. And today, you have better tools to share what it is that you do what it is that you love, what you create, well, those tools are better than they've ever been before. I think this is real progress. And, you know, I know these aren't perfect solutions. These companies are still taking a cut, right? They're still kind of sitting between the producer and the user. So there's still work to be done, but I think this is, it's a half step, let's say. But that's still a big step forward because once you've gotten people into your shop, once they've come through the door of Etsy or YouTube, then I think you can start to build that connection even more directly. You can take the shop door out of it. You can take the profit away from the platform. And that idea really gets me excited because, I mean, imagine a world, (laughs) imagine a world, imagine a world where your identity is based not on what you consume, but on what you create. And where your income is based not on what company you work for, but what community that you've helped create where your income is determined not by your asshole boss, but by a community of hundreds or thousands of individuals who share the same passion and dream and goal and ethos 
as you. I mean, that feels like a big improvement to today. I mean, look at where we are now, right? I mean, our schools are still designed to create assembly line workers. And our colleges, well, they teach conformity and groupthink and and hoop jumping and ass kissing. The worst way to prepare for this new economy is to go through the conventional school system. Go to Harvard and you'll pay $400,000 to enter a hierarchy that has run out of room to grow. Look, you're not going to make partner. (laughs) You're just not. Your job will always be fragile. You'll always be one wrong political move away from being fired. And, and the kid who started building his brand in high school by posting dorky videos about his niche passion will have an audience of, I don't know, a couple hundred, a couple thousand, and he's going to make plenty of money doing what he loves And he's going to be interacting with people who are interested in the same thing. I mean, it's this long tail of creativity and and passion. And it's more than that. It's even more. It's, I don't know how to put this. It's it's art. It's, It's performative art. When you put out into the world something that inspires you and, you know, gets your juices flowing, something that you really care about, That is more inspirational, I think, than any TED Talk. Because it's not talk. It's doing. It's not lecturing from a stage. It's not grandstanding or or dogpiling from the safety of Twitter. It's action. It's action in the real world. It's putting the behavior that you love, that you want, out into the world. It's modeling what you think has value. You're becoming a role model, like a parent acting how they want their child to act rather than just lecturing them. I mean, what a better approach. SpaceX is art. SpaceX is performative art. It doesn't have any PowerPoint slides. (laughs) It's not wagging its finger at us. It's just the first private company to put a man into space. Not a government, a private company that, that didn't even exist 20 years ago. And, and over the weekend, 4 million people watched the live stream of Bob Benkin and Doug Hurley going into fucking space. All right, I got to go. I got to go bake some chocolate chip cookies. So that's all I have this week, and I'll catch you later.